Hey guys, welcome back to the All Terrain Couple Podcast. I'm still Lou. And I'm still KJ. Uh, here we are. <laughs> We're alive. We're alive. We didn't go underground for a few weeks, but uh, we may as may well have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's how's the how's the Fresh Prince intro go? Uh, in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground. Oh, you're doing the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I was just going. With life got flipped. Oh, so now, you can sing the whole no, thing. No, that's okay. okay. I know a Scantica version too. I have no doubt that you do. Oh, uh, uh, we're 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 here. We're good. We're fine. This where, is good. Where are we, Lou? Uh, in our apartment. Where is our apartment? Uh, on the third floor. Of what state? third floor of a state which which state are we in we're not in california anymore no we're in colorado we're in colorado i think everyone knows we're in colorado i know like they paid but attention to us going here and then we turned out the light we did but we turned out the light before we moved we basically went okay bye we're well, supposed to right you are supposed to you're supposed to turn the lights off for you according to pg e you're supposed to unplug major appliances which i didn't find out until i canceled pg e which was while we were already driving to colorado <laughs> so. have you heard from the heard from anyone about the uh the apartment condo that was kj's no nothing hasn't burned down hasn't burned down so far as i know floor hasn't peeled up floor hasn't peeled up so that should be officially off all the, the all the toothpaste we jammed in the Pinholes and nail holes and cracks in the wall. That's all. We used, stood we the test used, of time. We used real uh, patch patch material. It's called joint compound. Thank you. Yep. It's, I've been removed from the construction world for six weeks now. I don't remember yeah. what things Just are. a swim coach now. <laughs> Just a swim coach. Just a swim coach. Um, Who are you to know about such things? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, guys. We could spend the entire episode continuing to talk to ourselves like the lunatic shut-in business pros we've become, uh, but we wanted to clue you all in on us. So we'll talk to you now. Um, <laughs> I'm a photographer now. You are. Full-time. Um, got here and some really tremendous opportunities presented themselves. Um, and so I have embraced the grind. Yeah. And I am I am full time photographer. So um, sports photography, endurance sports, adventure sports, um, doing some work, um, rock climbing, doing some work with triathlon, mm -hmm. doing some work with some uh, endurance coaches. So yeah just getting after it really yeah um all that all that really stemmed from the very impressive work you produced coming out of saint george um and the outreach that we, that you did after that um folks really loved it and and so the feedback has been tremendous and hopefully you're feeling really confident about it as we keep going I don't think there's an artist out there that feels really confident. That's fair. Especially when they're starting out. But I will say that the reception um, to my work that I got from everyone that I was able to chase down and force feed it to mm -hmm. um, was some of the most positive feedback I've ever gotten uh, in my life. So that's awesome. That was really, 
really reassuring and, and definitely gave me some confidence uh, to be able to dabble a little bit further. And then as I dabbled more, um, just kind of snowballed. So um, just finished doing a big shoot yesterday for the Colorado Triathlon at the Boulder Reservoir. Mm-hmm. That went well. Um, it went really well. The photos are fantastic. All 90 gigs. All 90 gigs. All 90 gigs of data. So uh, that got all processed last night and this morning and is live on our website, yep. which is also new um, since the last time we talked. Which is to you all. allterrainendurance.com. Visit us. Let us know what you think. That was shameless. I know. You got to be. <laughs> all about that grind. <clears throat> so yeah um joint website yep kj's um triathlon coaching services yep. and my triathlon and endurance sport photography services uh our powers combined we crossed the streams um <laughs> turns out that's okay to do so yeah website is up and running mm-hmm. um for those of you that have your own websites that may be listening uh, and those of you that have had your website long enough to have perfected your uh, SEO management techniques, um, God bless you. What a process <laughs> that uh, that nonsense is. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, fantastic experience so far. Yeah. I'll shut up now, KJ. Your turn. Um, well, yesterday it was yesterday being at the uh, Colorado Triathlon was really exciting and um, just feeling the local race scene here in Colorado come back to life was, was really enjoyable. Um, everyone at the race seemed to be old friends and get to, it was cool getting to see people see their friends again. Um, obviously we know very few people here, but, um, we've made some connections on, on social media and just in the industry at this point. And so getting to chat with people in person and, and put names to faces was, was really cool. And, um, I, I personally just love cheering at races. So getting the opportunity to be on the run course and yell things at people from behind the camera was really, really great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been big. It's been a big two months and I know we, we hyped it up and then disappeared and it's cause it was so big. There's been a lot going on. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I started my my job as a swim coach, a youth swim coach for um, a local summer rec team. Um, got our first meet in just a couple of days, and that'll be really fun. And I also started the master's program, and so that's in Lafayette, Colorado. Uh, so if you're local, would love to see you at practice. Feel free to send me a message, and we'll figure out how to get you in the water. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff all around. So it's been from the move in, um, the road trip and the move in. (laughs) Um, Huge thank you again to uh, our friend Brian, who took time off and jumped in my pickup truck and drove 1300 miles out here Mm -hmm. uh, from the Bay Area with us and then helped us huck all this stuff up to the third floor uh, apartment that we have in Longmont, Colorado. Um, Yeah. And then 
KJ had some preliminary meet and greet um, and, you know, filling out paperwork and some other things associated with her job. But she had a month before she had to start working. And I had a month before I had to start working. And so it was a huge adjustment for both of us, I think, going from everything having to be so strict and so regimented from prepping for St. George, Mm -hmm. selling the house, fixing up the house, packing everything, saying goodbye to people, the logistics of getting out here to find a place, everything that goes with that, having all of our waking hours be consumed with a thing to then being here and being like, I don't know, I picked all this lint out of my belly button. What do you you want to do today? Right? So, um, yeah. And, and you, the task is such a huge undertaking that like when you finally get the big piece done, all the, all the tendrils that you, you have left over of like, yeah, I'll, I'll move that, that bag of things to a closet soon, but I'm worked. Yeah. From that move in three weeks ago, I'll get to that tomorrow. So it took a while to kind of set, settle in and I think set our mindsets to what we actually had to do here. Um, and correct me where I misspeak, but I think the two of us, KJ moved out here for a very specific purpose of starting over and chasing something. Yeah both individually, but also as, as a partnership. Mm -hmm. So in, in the business realm, certainly, but also individual growth, I think was as much a goal for us as, you know, moving here and starting the website and the businesses and getting all that done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, big, big shift from having your days planned, and organized and your work hours spoken for to having the entire day available for all kinds of things. Yeah. And nothing. Yep. It's it was, amazing it was huge. Yeah. It was a huge, huge, uh, pardon my French. It was a huge mind fuck. <laughs> and it took us a long time, I think, to let that settle in individually and then communicate that in a way to where the other person I think could swallow it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like something's wrong. I don't know what, I don't think it's you, but it could be you. I just don't feel right today. So goodbye. (laughs) Right. Like a lot of, I don't know. Yeah. Certainly not any animosity, but just discomfort with, at least for me, discomfort with myself and what I was doing leading to me feeling just uncomfortable in my surroundings and with you and even with the cat, just like, just not, just feeling very unsettled, even though we had started unpacking and getting things going. Um, so, and I'm sure that moving for the, moving far away for the second time in my life had something to do with that. Yeah, so. I mean, changing, going from a support network, COVID or no COVID, having yeah. people that if shit hit the fan, you could go see mm-hmm. to, all right, the world's starting to restart and people are like rebuilding connections and going out and doing things. And I'm all by myself. Right. right? Like that's, that is a huge 
a huge hurdle to overcome. Yeah. Certainly for anybody. Um, so yeah, it, it was a fantastic growth experience, I think for us as a couple, mm -hmm. but I know for a fact, we weren't in a place to be able to do any kind of podcast no. because we, we couldn't digest it ourselves at first. And then we couldn't clearly and concisely at a reasonable volume, communicate that to each other. <laughs> and so now that that's kind of dialed in, we yeah. can communicate it to you yeah. without shouting into the microphone. <laughs> I might still be shouting. I'm still, you can't help yourself. I'm struggling to find the balance between like my normal quiet indoor voice and my coaching voice. Yeah. She started coaching again and it's, I told you, I told you there's a whole nother volume level. Nobody believed me. You can also hear my voice disappearing because I'm not doing it properly, but I told you another volume. She yells. I can yell. I've always, I've always been accused of being a yeller and I've always said that I just project. <laughs> now I'm sorry, everyone that, <laughs> that I've yelled at my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I just project. Too. It's no, it's not. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's not projecting. Uh, it's it's incredible. I I was a yeller when I was um, in construction. Not all the time, just like every other word to get my point across. <laughs> um, every other word bleeped out. I I I was smoking two packs a day, right? So like you can only get so much in your lungs to bellow. This woman is a very competitive, competent, and accomplished triathlete. Her lung capacity is immense. She can <laughs> yell forever at such, it's, it's incredible for such a, for a woman of your size to contain so much air. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Don't hit me. What? <laughs> no, um, it's good. You have to be able to yell across. I always used to struggle because I used to coach an eight lane pool and I couldn't quite make it across eight lanes to yell, but six lanes I know I've got. So, um, yeah, I know I can yell across all six lanes and the kids are going to hear me. You know how many lanes we have in our apartment? One and a half. None. <laughs> None There's lanes. not a lane here. It's a box. <laughs> they just echo. It's a box. It's an echo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you folks, if you're returning to this and you've been with us from the get-go, you know that we've used all kinds of things as our recording studio. We don't really have a recording studio in our current setup. And so the microphone is currently sitting on top of a blanket, on top of a coffee table in the family room. Um, so sorry, yeah. I guess. I think it's probably better than a vehicle doing... 52 miles an hour through in a, a snowstorm in Wyoming. But, I feel like that's better. Um, so yeah, reverb and, and everything we will, we're going to stick with this. I want to do it. KJ yeah. wants to do it. We're finally in a place where I think it, it's good for us to do again. Um, and so, you know, next week we'll try under the bed. <clears throat> yeah. Right. We could try the closet again, or we could try the closet again. Yeah. We could do that. We also, um, we have a fantastic friend who knows everything there is to know about sound recording. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. <laughs> so we will, we'll start taking him up on some of his recommendations so that we can, you know, put together a little bit better quality. We could build a family room fort. 
Remember when you were a kid, you put the, the chairs back to back and then you throw a blanket over top. We could do that. You have a lot of faith in my creativity and I'll what do it. Kathy I'm the artist. To do. I'm the artist. <laughs> I'll do it. You just tone down the bellowing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, KJ, we haven't talked at all. I don't think on the podcast about your race experience. Mm -mm. I know that we are now a month and almost a week removed from your race. Yeah. You haven't even really talked to me about the race and the effects of the race and, and kind of the emotional, <clears throat> just the overall experience. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. So why don't you do that? Okay. Why, why don't you, why don't you dial us in on, on KJ's, um, return to racing at the Ironman 70.3 St. George. All right. So, um, returning to racing with COVID still being an important factor was very interesting. Um, very eye-opening for me coming from the Bay Area where it was very restrictive so far as mask mandates, etc. went. Um, we got to St. George and the promise from Iron Man was that everything would be masked and socially distanced. And um, so I, I, my fears were calmed and it was not really that case whatsoever. But um, knowing that that Utah's vaccine rate was what it was, which was pretty good. And um, having masks whenever when we were really face to face with people, like it was just kind of a accepting the risks kind of situation. And it was a decision that we had made prior to leaving. And so we just kind of rolled with it. Um, I had never done an Ironman event before, so I wasn't completely sure what to expect with check-in or anything like that anyways. But, you know, once I got in line for the expo and started doing check-in, like everything was coming back. Like, okay, I got my number. Like I need my timing chip. I need my uh, bibs. I need my stickers. And just, you know, I've been racing for six years, have been a little anal about how to prepare for events for those six years. So it was surprising that everything kind of came back, just like you would say, like, it's just like riding a bike. It all came back. Like, all right, I know what I need in my bike bag. Cause that's what I would use in T1. I know what I need in my run bag. That's what I'd use in T2. Um, so that was, that was pretty easy and straightforward. I hope that you felt Lou that the, despite having two different transitions and having to do bunch of different driving trips like i thought dropping stuff off and just getting everything settled the day before was pretty easy mm -hmm. um so for the for the mileage that had to be covered and the distance between transitions yeah and just having been in an industry where i have had to coordinate the actions and <laughs> movements and efforts of, you know, yeah. 3,800 people. I thought they did a fantastic job day before days leading up to day before and even morning, morning of yeah. everything seemed, <clears throat> I mean, 
they are who they are. They, yeah. they know what they're doing. They know so, what they're doing when it comes to logistics. Um, yeah, I thought logistically, it was my first first event, period, let yeah. alone first Ironman, and I, I thought it went uh, smashingly. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great. Um, race morning, uh, I like to be at the bike racks and swim start really early. Um, I don't know. It's just my nature. When I was a backstroker, I was always the first one behind the blocks for medley relay. So I just like to be there early. And um, so Lou dropped me off. Um, I guess rewinding a little bit the night before was very calm. Like I didn't feel any anxiety or any, any real nerves. Like there was some nervous energy, I think, but no, no real nerves, no, um, like impending doom, right? Which can happen. Good. Um, race morning, I was super calm. I got there, got to my bike. The guy across the rack from me had a pump, and I just borrowed his. And you know, I was I was set up and ready to go in ten minutes. So then I had an hour and a half or so before they even started calling us over to swim start. Um, swim start. Now I know when a rolling start is the case with Ironman, I need to seed myself a lot more aggressively. I seeded myself exactly correctly based on where I finished um, time-wise, but completely incorrectly based on how everyone else seeded themselves. So lesson learned. Um, I swam exactly how I expected to swim. I swam 30 minutes almost on the nose, um, which- yeah, 30 minutes, four seconds. Yeah. And I mean, I'll take that. Like that's a solid, a solid half Ironman swim. For getting in the water four times yeah. in a year leading up to the race. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. you did fine. Uh, yeah. T1, I, I passed a whole bunch of people leaving the swim, getting into the transition area. That was a long run. What was that run? A mile? It was almost a half mile. Half mile? Almost half that was, mile. That was huge. Um, but it was nice. Everyone had to run the same amount. Mm -hmm. So no complaints there. Well done by Iron Man. Um, got on the bike and uh, was on my way. Um, the the first, what, like eight miles of the bike course were on completely newly constructed roads. And so the only vehicles that had been on it were like construction vehicles. So they didn't have, they didn't have the, the stripes painted yet. So tarmac was like butter it was awesome um granted there were a bunch of people around and so i was really nervous about passing and drafting and blocking and so but i just kept reminding myself like this is a long race like you're gonna pass these people eventually or they're gonna just stay ahead of you it doesn't matter like just ride your ride keep your power um and so anytime the grade was less than six percent or i was going faster than uh, 15 miles an hour, I was in the aero bars. And if it got steeper than that, or I slowed down more than that, I jumped over to the bullhorns and climbed and pushed a little bit of extra power. And just, I don't know, the ride, the ride was miraculously uneventful. And I think a lot of that had to do with um, the confidence in my equipment, mm -hmm. um, having Robbie take a look at the bike and do those kind of minor final touch-ups really really yeah. made a big difference um i felt super confident the entire ride which was really helpful mm -hmm. um 
climbing up Snow Canyon, which is what everybody talks about as like the big climb on this ride, was really not a big deal. Like it was much easier than Mount Diablo, which is what I had it built up in my mind to be. It's way shorter than that. Um, it was, it was kind of like climbing up Papa Bear on the three bears route in the Bay area. Like it was not, not bad, not bad. And then the descent back into town was super fun and super fast and not technical. So there weren't a ton of turns. And so I just got my arrow bars and I was holding 45 seconds or 45 miles an hour for like 10 seconds at a clip, which is really fast. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I did. Um, yeah. So then I came into heading into T2. Um, I felt my, I did start to feel a little anxious because the last race I was in prior to St. George was the race where I crashed mm -hmm. finishing the bike course. And, uh, we had talked, me and Lou had talked the day before about what I was going to do with my dismount. Cause I hadn't, I practiced a little bit my flying dismount. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just, I'll take my feet out of my shoes and then just stop and then run barefoot. And then day before the race, you and I talked and we were like, you know, why don't you just stay in your shoes? Like, yep. you know how to unclip, you can run with your shoes on no yep. big deal. And ultimately I think that was the right call because mm -hmm. then it wasn't, it didn't add any sort of complication to what was already yeah. making me the most nervous about the day. Yeah. It allowed you to focus on your race. Yeah. Um, and as I, as I finished the bike course, I was thrilled. I did that cause I came in with three other guys and all three of them <laughs> had an incident. <laughs> like two, one of them crashed, one of them fell over, one of them dropped his bike and I just ran by them. I don't, I'm so glad I'm not dealing with this right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, uh, ran through T2 grabbed a whole bunch of stuff and just ran with it in my hands. And I was putting it on and getting dressed as I was running out of the transition area and, um, headed up three and a half miles <laughs> uphill, <laughs> yep. dying the entire way. Um, I saw you Lou at, uh, at, um, what mile one and a quarter. Yeah. Just about after mile and quarter, mile and a quarter. Yeah, it was the intersection of diagonal and seventh. Yeah. Yep. And I, I had seen you right before the Snow Canyon climb, but I didn't really, I mean, you're, I was riding, right? So I didn't get to talk to you or really hear much of anything, just yell at you. Yeah. You yelled, I love you on the way by. That was adorable. Oh, I did. You did. <laughs> yep. Zoom. Um, <laughs> but then as I was passing you on the run, like, what'd you yell at me? Are you eating and drinking? Are you drinking enough? Are you drinking enough? I said, yeah. And you said, no, you're not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I knew you were right because I felt like garbage already. Um, and so I just death marched my way up the next two and a half miles um, to the top of top of the long climb, I should say, because it's never flat on this yep. run course. Um, when I finally got up there, I could run again. And so I started jogging downhill, which is where you were stationed because you sprinted up a what 14% grade hill to get to me. Yeah, Skyline Drive. Yeah. Skyline yeah. Road, whatever it was. Skyline, yeah. Super steep hill. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, so I just took in, I took in water and ice at every aid station, followed my nutrition plan, which worked out perfectly. I just, mm -hmm. my quads were just destroyed from the hills on the, on the run. So did the best I could, ran about what I expected to after riding a little bit faster than what I had expected to. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just, I don't know. I don't know the right term wrangled with my my brain and my body to finish the run yeah and and finish the run strong um so you were doing about if memory serves you were doing between like a 10 15 and a 10 55 through, yeah. through several portions of the run now to be clear that's the average because i Correct. was probably running correct 830 and walking 14. <laughs> Calm down. Don't don't get don't get upset. I'm not upset. So averaging <laughs> your average mile, yeah. however you got from A to B, yeah. was 1015, 1055. Mm -hmm. Once you crested that hill and were coming down and, and figuring out the, the out and backs. Yeah. Um so the 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 what was the last mile called the 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 what mile? Oh, it was Hoka's time to fly mile. Time to fly yeah, mile. One of the run courses. Which KJ took quite literally, um, <laughs> and you did you did that last mile in what was it like seven thirteen? It, it was I like six seven thirty. I think it was it was like it was either six fifty or seven thirteen. It was somewhere right there. It was. But you stupid. you bombed that last stretch because I at that point I had left you. On your way back yeah, up the big climb because there was no way I could have gotten there. Yeah, I left you. I came back down and got to the finish corral and was watching you on the tracker. And I saw you at the last check-in. And so Iron Man has like they calculate your pace up to a certain point or what you had on the last mile. And then they calc your time to the next check. So she got to the check at the start of the time to fly mile. And it was like, all right. She's going to be here in 10 minutes. And I was like, all right, cool. And then <laughs> she came flying in like seven minutes later. Just <laughs> So, yeah. <clears throat> I did not Finish feel like strong. I was running that fast. You didn't, you didn't fall. You didn't collapse. You didn't puke. I didn't. I almost puked. You almost puked, I but almost you didn't. Puked. So you didn't. I also couldn't breathe. That's, and? I mean, it doesn't matter because you're, you're finishing the race. Yeah. But what like, you breathe for it? We don't. Exactly. I didn't. I held my breath. <laughs> I have historically, I used to play basketball and when I would get really angry at a ref for a bad call, my throat would close and I'd feel like I had asthma, but I never actually had asthma. It just was... Anger issues. Yeah. <laughs> so as I was running, because it's downhill into the finish line, which is great. And so I was booking it and then I hit the red carpet and all of a sudden, like, without realizing I was getting emotional, I was getting emotional and I tried to take a breath in and it just stopped. It was like, Oh no. <laughs> so I just held my breath across the finish line because I certainly was not going to be able to breathe. But yeah, finishing, finishing a race didn't matter if it had been a set by KJ race or if it was the Ironman World Championships. Finishing a race felt so good after not finishing that race back in 2019. So, um, I mean, that was a year and a half of recovery and training coming together. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
for it to have gone well and really 100% incident free and to be able to to run into your arms, Lou, after the race and like know that you were there and you were such a big component of everything was really, it was the best part, knowing that you were there the entire time. So, thank you. Well, you did awesome. Thanks. Thanks. It was fun. It was really fun. It was fun to execute and have it ex like and know that my training was good and mm -hmm. my nutrition was good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The forecast that day ended up really working in your favor. Oh, yeah. It, it stayed like 8 to 10 degrees cooler than it was supposed to. The wind was like 30 miles an hour calmer than yeah. it was supposed to be. So all in all, the, the weather worked out fine. Yeah. Um, the altitude didn't seem like it really got to you um, until much later. Um yeah, every everything went absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, we had the next the next day. Um, we were undecided if we were going to make it a drive home day, or if we wanted to take a day and just hang out in Utah and kind of catch our breath mm -hmm. um, before heading home to get everything packed up and and ready to go. So we ended up taking the day, and we went into uh, went into Zion National Park. First thing in the morning, did a little recovery hike and some mm. exploration. And how far was that recovery hike? Like a mile? The hike? Yeah. Uh, a mile. Yeah. How long did it take me to go that mile? Hour? <laughs> About an hour. There was not a lot of vertical either. It was just really slow. There was there was a lot of vertical. It was mostly steps. It was a lot. Of and stairs. steps were not going to happen for you that day. No. But I didn't have to help you with any of them. You did them all by yourself. <laughs> Thanks. Nice job. Uh, so yeah, we did that and then just cruised around and explored and tried to find an open restaurant in a Utah city town village on Sunday, Sunday. which doesn't work. There aren't any. Yeah. Uh, so if you're, if you're visiting plan ahead, yeah. um, that's a lie. There were, there a couple, were things open. There were a couple. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a great experience and then drove home. Got you tucked in the bed with some noons and your your squeezy boots mm -hmm. and uh, laid you down for the day. Yep. And you relaxed. Yep. And then up and at them the next day and started packing. Yep. Got everything packed in two days. Yeah. And then drove two days. Yep. Got to Colorado. Unpacked in, well, got everything out of the truck in three, yeah, three hours. hours. It was fast. Um, and then took three weeks to put it all away, Yeah, <clears throat> which is amazing because our apartment's only 811 square feet. Is so that how big it is? Approximately. So it's like five eighths the size. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, it's tiny. It's not tiny. This is huge. This, this is, is huge. way bigger than my tiny house. It's four of my tiny houses. Tiny houses descriptor is in the name though. It's tiny. Yeah. And this is an average apartment. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're here. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You've started officially training. Yep. I've started officially training. No more, no more knee nonsense. Shaker, you'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, back to running. Uh, my weekly mileage is not building up anywhere near where I want it to, but it has been 
I'm going to make an excuse and then I'll start tomorrow holding myself accountable. There has been a ton of non-training related stress yeah. related to the move and, you know, our relationship and, and communicating where we're both at with the big uh, lifestyle change. And uh, the altitude has whooped my ass. Yep. Um, so we live at just about a mile. Yeah. Just under a mile. I think we're 4893. Yeah. 4953. Something like that. Something like that. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, Plus 30 feet for the third floor. Yeah. Weekly mileage is between 22 and 25 um, miles. And I need to run... 50k on september 25th so i'm almost there yeah just about there so yeah um but working working for myself and pushing photography has been a godsend in that respect because i can carve out um training to kind of suit where i think i'm i'm gonna need it on race day like the heat in colorado just hits different god right? it's way different it's and it's not like it's a, a a dry heat versus a humidity. It's not like that. It just, honest to God, it sounds dumb, but it just feels like you're closer to the sun. It really, honest to God, does. Eighty degrees here feels so much hotter than eighty degrees in the Bay Area. Maybe because the Bay Area is always on fire and it feels like it's about to burst into flame. Um, that an eighty degree day feels so welcome, but the sun <laughs> intensity is is definitely different here having lived in california in the sunnier parts of california my entire life except for four years like the sun definitely feels different here being on a pool deck at seven o'clock and having the sun hit you is a very different feeling here than it is in california yeah like i'm sweating yeah. at seven so training wise you know doing doing the 50k you always have your your early start for an ultra so you know if if i need to get up and go train at five o'clock, six o'clock and get some miles in and just practice, you know, waking and running. I can do that. Yeah. Um, if I need to practice, you know, some heat training, then I'll be know, doing heat nooner, training. nooner runs are, are an option, right. Yeah. For both of us, you, you get off the pool deck at around 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So afternoon runs in, in the noonday sun or in our future, yep. that shouldn't spawn any fights or arguments at all. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, acclimating i finally for the first time last week did almost a nine mile run and didn't feel starved for oxygen at the end yeah right like not gasping for breath like wow i went too hard but just i didn't feel like i had to recuperate yeah my oxygen levels in my blood afterwards yeah. which was so welcome everything lose workouts upload to training peaks. So I get to look at them, even though I'm not technically coaching him and that nine mile run he's talking about, it was, it was a really good workout for him. Like that was the best run I've seen out of you yet. So it was really exciting to see that Go it's me. good progress. Yeah. Go me. I'm awesome. You are awesome. So yeah, September 25th for me, uh, KJ got here and decided that she was going to jump into the local race scene. So what do you have coming up on the 11th of July? July 11th, I'm doing the Boulder Peak Triathlon, which is an Olympic try. Um, it's got a, a massive climb on the bike. Shocking. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I like races with that. If, if there's a challenge in it, that's what I'm in for. Um, so I'm excited about that. And uh, it's over at the Boulder Reservoir. And then it goes up Old Stage Road if you want to look that up. Um, so it'll be my first Olympics since that race back in 2019. I'm looking forward to that. And then I'm hoping to do a half in September as well. Um, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I'd said on this podcast, one of my goals coming out of St. George was to qualify for a world slot. And uh, unfortunately, I think my run probably let that slip through my fingers um, in the middle, middle five miles or so. But I know that one of my friends who I used to train with all the time back in the Bay Area got her slot on a roll down in my same age group. And I have a feeling she may have gotten the last one in my age group. I will know for sure on Tuesday. Gotcha. So I'm thrilled for her. Like, don't get me wrong. Obviously I would have loved to go, but I'm super psyched for her. Absolutely. Absolutely. If not, if that slot doesn't sneakily somehow make its way to me on Tuesday, then hopefully I'll be signing up for another race at the Boulder guys. Very nice. So, yeah. So I have the 50K in September, Mm -hmm. and I think sometime between now and the end of August, you and I are going to look for just a fun 10K. We can go knock out somewhere someday. So, uh, yeah, and that'll be about it. Other than that, it's just focusing on the business and trying to get everything off the ground with coaching and, and shoots. So mm-hmm. right now for events, I have um, Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Ironman Des Moines is coming up on the 20th. And then on the 26th, which is my birthday, I'm <laughs> shooting the um, Loveland Lake to Lake Sprint and Olympic Triathlon. That be awesome. And then the 27th of June, the next day, I'll be heading down to back to the Boulder Reservoir. Um, that's Boulder Sunset. Yep. To do that one. So yeah, for first month of shooting in Colorado, the, uh, book is, book is filling up. So anybody participating in those, if you happen to listen to this, absolutely let me know and I'll make sure I look out for you on the course. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited. It was nice to get, get back into this and get to do this with you. Yes. I missed it. Me too, KJ. Well, what do you think? Should we let these nice people go about their day? Yeah, let's go. Let's go watch that Leeds race. Yes. I'm in. Yay. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for joining us once again. And uh, yeah, appreciate your patience. Yeah. We're back. Sorry for disappearing. We're we're good. Um, Yeah, just recalibrate, refocus and, and recenter. And I think, I think we're on the right path. Me too. So yeah. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you again next week. Can't wait. Bye guys. Bye.